Hello, and welcome to the Sacrifice of Praise podcast, where we discuss what it means to praise God even when it's difficult. My name is Tori. And my name is Mary. And we are your hosts. Come chat about faith and life with your new sisters in Christ and enjoy learning and growing alongside us. We are so glad you're here. Welcome to the Sacrifice of Praise podcast. Today, we are diving into some really great questions that were submitted by our lovely listeners. We're so excited to answer them. There's some really great topics to discuss, including talking about faith with your spouse, spiritual directors, moving on from past mistakes, and so much more. So we will get into those, but of course, we have to start with our current favorites. So I'm going to let Tori take it away. I know that her favorite is a favorite of mine too. So I'll let her start and I'll jump in too. Okay. So my current favorite is the Awala water bottle. It is a, just kind of like a regular water, water bottle, but it has some cool features to it. So where you drink out of it is you can either like tip it and drink water that way, or it has like a hidden straw and like a little spout. So you can sip it um, just like a regular straw. And that's kind of the way that I like to drink it. Um, it's insulated too. So mm-hmm. it keeps the water cold. And so it's a perfect thing for like right before bed, if you are like me and like to have water on your nightstand, like fill it up with ice water. And then throughout the night or in the morning, you have cold water still. So I just bought this off Amazon. I have a couple of friends who have this water bottle. Um, we had a friend trip not too long ago, a friend road trip in a couple of my girlfriends had it and were like raving about it. And so I, of course, was bought in and now I love it. It's like always by my side. And Mary, I know you have one and like it as well. Yeah. So they have a bunch of different sizes and things. And I heard it first from my friend, Natalie, who's a nurse, who um, a lot of her nurse friends have them, like they bring them to work. And so she had asked for one for Christmas. And so I had gifted it to Natalie. And when I got it in the mail, I was like, uh, I'm going to need one of these for sure. So then I got one too. And it is, it truly, I can't explain to you. It just, it's a water bottle, right? But (laughs) it is the best water bottle. I think mainly that hidden straw feature is the best Mm -hmm. part of it. Um, but yeah, it's just, they have a bunch of different sizes, bunch of different colors. Yeah. Highly recommend. So it's Awala, O-W-A-L-A. O-A. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny, like my son, he's one now and he loves water and he loves drinking out of his water bottle and out or out of his little sippy cup and even like auto straws. And he discovered the hidden, uh, straw on my water bottle. So every time I bring it out, he gets really excited and I have to give him a, I have to share my water bottle with him. I love that. That's so cute. (laughs) Love it. Um, so my favorite currently, which has been my favorite all pretty much for over a year now, are my UGG slippers. So again, these were gifted from Natalie to me. And I have the slide ones. So they have like open toe. And then they have a um, like sling back kind of that you can like wrap around your heel. But I seriously love these shoes. They do have a hard sole. So you can wear them like out to the garage or out to get your mail. Or even if you're just like running an errand or something, sometimes I'll just wear them in the car. Um, and I've seen actually a lot of people wear them as shoes, but I love these slippers. I've, I've had so many pairs of slippers over 
the years, but there's not another pair that I've wore as much as I've worn these. So I'm literally wearing them right now, actually. But um, <laughs> I just highly recommend, I know they're very, I feel like Ugg slippers are very expensive. They're very trendy right now too. So they're kind of hard to like get your hands on the ones that you want and the size that you want and all of those things. But if you have been thinking about them, contemplating them, you should get them. That's my recommendation. So I love it. Which <laughs> ones do you have again? They're the sling back, these like black. Oh yeah. Ones, which I never, I actually never use this sling back. I always just put my foot in, but <laughs> yeah. So those are my favorite, current favorite. I love it. It definitely looks super comfy. <laughs> yeah. They are very cozy. Okay. Well, should we jump into the Q and a? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, perfect. So we have just a few questions. I think we're both going to pretty much answer each of them. Um, we had some really great submissions. So we're excited to give some advice and just chat about what we think on these topics. So we'll just start with the first question. Um, this was submitted by a listener. It is, how can I talk about faith and God with my spouse without being too pushy? Mm -hmm. So Tori, I'll let you answer first. Yeah. So I feel like this can be hard at times, especially if you feel like you're not maybe on the same page with your spouse on your faith or your relationship with God, um, or maybe your spouse isn't as comfortable about speaking openly about their faith. And so I totally can see how this can be hard. And you definitely don't want to come across as too pushy. Um, I would say sometimes like the best thing to do when you are wanting to express your faith to those around you and even more specifically to a spouse or a significant other is just like having them witness you living out your faith. So being consistent about going to mass every Sunday, asking them to attend with you. Um, I don't think that's being too pushy. And if you're married, I think that you can have that conversation of how much that is important to you for them to attend mass with you. Um, and even just praying before meals, before bed, having them witness you lead that if they're not there yet can be really inspiring for them to see you about your faith. Another thing I think that can be helpful too is at the end of, or the beginning of every week. So let's say like Sunday night, ask your spouse or your significant other, whoever you are with, just ask them at the beginning of the week, how you can pray for them. So ask them if there's anything coming up this week um, that is stressing them out or anything that's on their mind that you would like to pray for them for. I think that's, that's actually one of the questions that Mary and I discussed during um, our husband's episode on how we pray with our husbands. It's in one of it's in the marriage journal book. And that's one of the, like the five questions that you ask every week. And I think that's a really powerful question and allows your spouse or even yourself to open up in on what's on your mind in um, areas that you need extra prayers. And so again, it's just a powerful thing to witness someone that you love grow in their faith. And I think that you may inspire them or prompt even discussion just by being bold in your own faith. And they might ask you about it uh, or even just be like inspired by you through your actions. Totally. You basically took the words out of my mouth with my answer for this one. Um, so I actually just heard someone, a couple speaking on this topic 
And they had said very similarly, like when we first got married, it was so hard because, you know, I was growing, the wife was saying I was growing so much in my faith and I felt like he was falling behind. And I just was constantly nagging at him to like pray with me or to, you know, like, why are you not engaging as much as I am in this, you know, spiritual time or things like that. And she realized like, there is nothing that I can really do to change his heart and his relationship with God. And everyone's relationship with God is so different. And so like, for me personally, I'm very vocal about my faith and my husband, Bobby is really quiet about his faith. He's very, he's quiet about everything. So I think that is something that I've struggled with a little bit is like, I feel like I'm like growing in my faith. Are you growing in your faith too? And I realized that if I'm living out the the fruits of the spirit, if I'm living out patience and love and joy, and I'm listening to worship music and I'm, you know, reading my Bible and reading devotionals and praying out loud in front of him and things like that, that's all that I can do to be an example for him. And honestly, it's like the best thing in the world when I will like play my worship music out loud when we're like making dinner and Bobby will like sing along because he's heard the song so many times. Um, so I think like Tori said, if you can be an example, if you can live out your faith and, um, you know, just live out the fruits of the spirit in your own way, I think that's really all you can do. Um, and then of course, praying for praying to God for their hearts. So if you know that they're struggling with their, faith. Um, a lot of times it can be challenging not to be pushy if you're going to talk about it. So honestly, I think the best solution in those situations is just to pray that God would move their hearts. And if you notice an area where you want them to grow, or you think that they need to grow, just ask God to work on it and he will. So that's my advice as well. Love it. Um, the next question is how can I make friends when moving? Yeah, I relate to this so hard because I just moved and I moved to somewhere where I knew zero people, like not even one mutual person. I knew zero people. So, um, this was something I prayed about a lot. I prayed that I would find at least like one or two really good, solid friends when I moved to Fargo. And for me, I feel like over the years, I've realized that friends and faith are just like the friends that I want. And so I prayed a lot that God would put people of faith in my life here in Fargo and he truly has come through. So mm-hmm. I will, I will say that it has not been easy. I've been here for about six months. Um, but I feel like I just honestly kind of got lucky. So the first suggestion I have is if you are wanting to make like friends in faith, is one to either join a Bible study in your, or like a small group or whatever it is in your church or start one. Starting one is a little more terrifying, especially because you know zero people. And so you have no clue who's going to sign up and all of these things. I did both. So I decided right when I moved that I was going to start a Bible study at my church. So I did and I have met some incredible women through that. And then through that, I also had reached out to a couple of girls that I was like, I saw that they went to my church 
And I just felt like, like from creeping on them literally on Instagram, (laughs) I was like, I feel like we could be friends. They're just, they're vocal about their faith and like about the same age and, you know, those kind of things. And so I just would reach out and, um, I reached out to one specifically, her name is Heidi. And I know she's listening because she listens every week, (laughs) but she, um, she wasn't able to join my group because she's so busy, but she invited me to her Bible study. And in turn, I met this incredible group of Catholic women, my age who like in, in back in Des Moines, I had, you know, I had you Tori and I had, you know, the girls in our Bible study, but I didn't have a ton of like Catholic girlfriends or like even girlfriends in faith. So it has been such a blessing. Um, so I would say just putting yourself out there and not being afraid. I know it can be really hard, um, but just join a group, join a small, small group or a Bible study. That's kind of my suggestion. Yeah. I want to recognize like, this is really hard. If you move somewhere new and you're an adult, I think making friends is, is, a really hard thing to do. And so I feel for those in that situation. And Mary, I really admire you because I think that you just, you were just so bold when you moved and you knew exactly like what you wanted and what God was maybe calling you to do to find those friends. And I think that's said perfectly that sometimes the best way to make friends or meet people is just to put yourself out there and just be okay with getting outside of your comfort zone. For example, like if you go to mass regularly and you see young people or like young couples or women at your church, you know, go up to them afterward and introduce yourself. Like it's going to be awkward the first time and it's not going to feel natural maybe, but you never know like what that could, where that could lead, lead what friendships could blossom through just putting yourself out there and saying, you know, introducing yourself, letting them know that you're new to the area and you're looking to meet new people and would love to maybe grab coffee or lunch with them. Um, and just, you know, get to know people more in that area. And if you're working, you know, and you get along with your coworkers, invite them over to your house for dinner or game night. Um, my husband and I, before fits, before our kid, we, we would host some friends over for game nights. And that was so much fun. And honestly, if you don't know a lot of people and you, let's say, you know, one or two people from work or church, ask them to bring, bring people they know that would enjoy it as well. So go out for dinner, drinks, or have a game night and ask them to bring people too. And that way you're kind of expanding your network as well. Um, I know that a lot of or most communities have a chamber of commerce and some of them have young professional, like a young professional group. So you can check that out as well. Look at your local chamber of commerce and see if they have a young professionals group. If they've got a social media or Facebook page, you can see if they have any upcoming events. I know that we have several young professional groups within the Des Moines area. And I sit on the board for um, the one in Waukee, and we have lots of fun social events, trivia, happy hour, and just different networking opportunities. And I feel like that's a really good way too for people to come and and network and meet new new people as well, especially people who are within the same age as you. And again, this can be a little uncomfortable to go to these events if you know you don't know anybody there, but 
I just think you might be surprised by how many people you meet or how many people are also there who don't know anyone. And then you guys can kind of connect with that. And if you don't work or if you're just, you know, a stay at home mom or a new mom looking for friends, I know that sometimes there are local like Facebook groups that you can join to meet people too. I have a few stay at home mom friends here and they have, you know, their own little group where, or meetups at parks and stuff. So I, I know that there's stuff out there. It's just a matter of kind of getting over the uncomfortable part of that and just stepping outside your comfort zone and putting yourself in situations where you can meet some people. Otherwise it's going to be really hard. I think. Yes. It really is just that first act of like taking the first step and just being bold and confident. I mean, the worst thing that someone can say is no, or I'm busy or whatever, like, and that's not going to happen. You know, like people are are good. Good. So um, yeah, those are all great tips. Uh, Okay. Moving on to the next question. When did your faith become more prominent in your life? I think for me, when I look back, senior year of college and post-graduation, college graduation is when I really felt like my faith was deepened and I grew a lot in my faith. I was going through a lot of life changes at that time. And I feel like I just really leaned on God through that and going through some hard seasons of life. And even through marriage, through my relationship with my husband has been, I've noticed my faith just deepened through my relationship in marriage, um, us praying together, you know, going through loss and suffering through miscarriage. A lot of times, like I will be honest, my faith was also, my faith was the most challenged during those seasons, but I also grew so much too. So I will recognize that if you are going through a hard time, whether that's, you know, you're going through some sort of suffering faith can feel really hard because you just don't understand why you're going through this. But if you can learn to just lean on your faith during those times, rather than fall away from your faith, I think those are the times where your faith really, really deepens and grows. And that's when I am looking back on my faith life, the the closest I felt or the strongest my faith has felt is, is through those seasons of hardship and suffering and um, not really understanding why things were happening, but just trusting that God has a plan and trusting that he will, you know, come through for me and answer my prayers and just continually to pray. I think that is when my faith was really, really prominent in my life and and really has grown. So I'd say, you know, post college is when I really started to dive into my faith a little bit more. Yeah. I think you made a great point of like, a lot of times our faith grows the most when we go through suffering, when God is trying to get us to move or, um, you know, he, he wants that relationship to grow and he knows that it's going to be uncomfortable for a while, but he, he knows that you going through this will bring glory to him and foster a relationship with him. And so that kind of relates a little bit to mine. I do want to preface by saying when I share this, I never want to take someone else's suffering as like a positive for me or like a gain for me. And, um, so for me, my faith 
grew immensely. I mean, I grew up going to a Catholic school and praying with my family and going to Sunday mass and all of those things. But even in college, you know, my faith wasn't like amazingly strong. Um, however, my like one of my very best friends who I talk about all the time, I feel like Natalie, we became friends. I was in high school actually, and she was in college. She's two years older than me. We worked at the same little gift shop. And then um, in college, we just remained friends and became really, really close. And I was away on a girl's trip with my sister-in-laws and my mom. And I received a phone call from her, from Natalie, my friend, telling me that she had um, just lost her brother. Her brother um, had just passed away. And she, you know, told me very matter-of-factly and just kind of was like, I'm processing it and, you know, I'm going to deal with it and kind of those things. And so I had never had anyone close to me lose someone that close to them, not in that way. And so when I got back, I was able to spend um, time with her and I just can't even explain to you witnessing someone who has a faith that strong and like trusting in God's will so immensely it changes you like seeing someone be such a servant of God in the way that Natalie is I just wanted to be like her like I I just can't explain it and so um then unfortunately a few months later she went through another tragedy sorry and she lost her boyfriend And, um, when he passed away, I think I saw just like a level of faithfulness in God's will that I will probably never witness again in my entire life. And I think that just goes to show that your example of faith doesn't go unnoticed and being bold in your faith and sharing your faith and even just living out your faith. Like, it's not like Natalie. I mean, if you know, Natalie, she's a very quiet person. She's keeps things really close to the chest. She doesn't really talk about, um, either of these situations a lot, but you just know that she is so trusting in God's plan for her life and for the lives of both her brother and her boyfriend and her family and, and his family and all of these things. And so I think that that just, that is when I decided that I wanted a faith like that. I wanted a faith that was so strong that I just always trusted that God had my back and that God had a plan, even if it absolutely sucked. Mm -hmm. I, I wanted that. And so I feel like then I got the opportunity to live with Natalie after college. And, um, so I basically copied every part of her life. I wanted to know all of the pastors that she was watching and I wanted to know all of the books that she was reading. And we prayed a lot together during our year, um, together and so many, so many other things, but 
I just think my faith became prominent when I saw the example of someone whose faith was just so strong. That's for me, like, I want to be an example for other people too. And, and I feel like just remember that your example doesn't go unnoticed. Yeah. I'm blessed to know Natalie as well. And she's incredible. She's an incredible friend and woman and so strong. And she is a very huge inspiration in her faith. And like you said, Mary, she's not outwardly bold and loud, but she lives her faith so beautifully. And I think that is such a great observation of noticing others' faith can be so inspiring and encouraging and kind of back to how can you show others or talk to others about God and your faith without being pushy. I think sometimes the most powerful is just living your faith boldly and um, continuing to serve and praise God, even when things go, things are really hard, even through hard seasons of life, because people will notice that and can feel really inspired through that. So um, the next question that we have is how do you deal with the shame of your past mistakes and move forward from them? Yeah. I think this is a great question. I feel like this is something that I've been dealing with a lot lately. I have been, I've had time to go to reconciliation a lot more. And so I've been um, examining my conscience a lot more lately and asking the Holy Spirit to kind of show me, you know, things that he wants me to confess and, and all of these things. And I feel like lately I have had this epiphany of self-reflection over my middle school and high school self. And I don't really love who I was. And I think that that was like definitely pre like this amazing relationship with God. And when you're a kid, you're just figuring it out and you do stupid things. You say stupid things. You, you know, don't, treat the friendships that you love with respect and like all of these things. So a lot of these things have come up for me. And so what I've been doing to deal with these like kind of past this like guilt or shame that I have from the past is one asking the Holy spirit to show me those things Two, going to reconciliation and truly like, and if you, if you aren't Catholic, um, even just, talking to God about your sins, like that is so powerful. And he wants, he knows, he already knows all your sins, but he just wants you to come to him with them so that he can cleanse you of those. Mm -hmm. And, um, recently in one of my, my confessions, the priest said to me, so I was talking about these like middle school, high school, like me that I didn't really like. And he said, the good thing about Jesus is that he forgives and he forgets. And Mm -hmm. that, that just like made me feel so much better (laughs) because I think, you know, I will confess things. And then I feel like months or even years later, I'll still feel like the shame or the guilt of them. Mm -hmm. And you just don't have to do that. Like you just, he forgives and forgets. That's the blessing of the sacrament of reconciliation. And so, yeah, those, those are kind of my tips. Yeah. I love that. And it's actually funny because um, I was going to share something that's kind of similar. You know, I've struggled with this in the past and kind of recently too. 
And yeah, the one thing that has really helped me is going to reconciliation consistently and just offering up these feelings to the Lord and asking for forgiveness. And so, you know, I try to go to reconciliation about once a month, you know, sometimes, you know, I like to be better at that and go more, but once a month is kind of my aim. And I, the most powerful sacrament outside of the Eucharist is Jesus's mercy that he gives us in forgiving all of our sins in the sacrament of reconciliation. And yeah, so like last year, similar to you, Mary, I was really struggling with feeling guilt and shame for past mistakes that happened in high school and even college. And, and I felt like the devil just kept on bringing up these past sins, like resurfacing them to my mind and just making me feel unworthy of God's love unworthy of his mercy. And I felt like I, I needed to like reconfess some sins from my past because I just was so like, I just felt like so guilty for it. And so I went to confession and I kind of told the priest that there were some sins that were still nagging at me. And, you know, I've confessed them before, but I felt like maybe I didn't do a good job of explaining fully like what I had done and just look like, I just felt like I needed to reconfess them almost or do a better job at it. And the priest just looked at me and smiled and he kindly said, he's like, your sins were already forgiven. Like there is no need for you to linger on them anymore. God's mercy is beautiful. And he has pardoned you for those sins before. And like you said, Mary, like he forgives and he forgets. So whatever is nagging at you is just the devil. Like he, he sees you growing in your faith and he wants to remind you of your past and God's already forgiven you. Like there's no need to be, you know, re thinking about all these negative things or things that from your past that, um, have happened, like God has already forgiven you. So that was really refreshing and just like so helpful to be reminded of this. And so I just encourage like if anything is nagging at you, any sin, past mistake or continuous hurt that you have, just bring them to the Lord. Go to reconciliation if you haven't already and ask for his forgiveness. And once you're forgiven, just move forward and continually, continually pray that God helps you just avoid any temptation that may lead you to committing that sin again. And just know that God's forgiven you. So just continue to move forward. And yeah, I know it's easier said than done, but a lot of times when we're nagging or reminiscing on past sins or mistakes, it's the devil. He's just wanting to resurface that. That is so, that is such a good word. That's just so good. I feel like so many people deal with that and struggle with that. Um, I honestly, probably every single person deals with that. So that's just, it's so good and refreshing to, to remember, remind yourself that he forgives you. You can move on and you don't have to feel, you don't have to live in that guilt and that shame anymore. Yeah. Um, so then the last question that we have today I'm going to let Tori take because I, so the question is, I'm interested in a spiritual director, but don't really know where to start. I personally do not have a spiritual director. I've been very interested in potentially getting one. Um, but I know Tori does have one. So Tori, maybe if you want to like share what is a spiritual director and then, you know, answering the question of like, I don't really know where to start. What? Yeah. Yeah. So a spiritual director is just someone that helps you navigate your faith and helps you deepen your faith. And so they're not a therapist. It's not, you know, a counselor or anything, but they, 
they just serve as a sounding board almost to help you grow and deepen in your faith. And that's my understanding of a spiritual director. I could be wrong. I'm still new at at this whole process. So for me, over the last couple of years, I just have felt a calling to to seek one out, to seek out a spiritual director and have someone help me deepen and grow in my faith. And I know it's not, it's always not this easy, but for me, my spiritual director just kind of like walked into my life. I had been praying that God would help lead me to, to someone. And I really wanted this person to be a female, nothing against male spiritual directors. I just kind of wanted to, to find a female spiritual director, which can be hard. Um, and again, just continue to pray on it. And one night I was at a Catholic conference and I met this woman who one of my friends actually introduced me to who had been her spiritual director. And I had told her that I had been feeling called to find someone. Um, and she handed me her contact information. And that was kind of that. I reached out to her and we scheduled a time to meet. And we've been meeting. Um, at first, we just met once a month. And now we're meeting every couple of weeks. And she's wonderful. She is such a, she's got so much wisdom. And her faith is incredible. And it's been so such a blessing to witness her face and ask her questions about our faith that I don't really know or areas where I'm struggling in my life. And we just always, we always start our meetings by in prayer and asking the Holy spirit to, to be with us and to just kind of work through her and work through me. And it's the biggest thing is, you know, it's not her. That's it's always God. It's always the Holy spirit who's guiding. So um, that's the biggest thing. Um, and I know that it's not always easy to find a spiritual director because I was kind of struggling with that as well. So I would just encourage you if you if you are feeling called and want to seek one out to pray that God will lead you to whoever he'd like you to meet with. And maybe a good place to start would just be reaching out to your parish priest or I think some most parishes have like a spiritual formation director and maybe ask them for guidance. They may be the best place to start and they might have um, people in mind that you can reach out to and meet with. So I would maybe start there and see where that goes, but definitely pray on it. Ask God to help lead you to whoever it is that he would maybe want you to, to start meeting with. I love that. That's great advice. I feel like, yeah, so many churches and I mean, if you're not Catholic or if you, you know, are just wanting someone to talk about faith with, like, even if you know someone that's strong in their faith, just ask to get a regular coffee with them once a month or whatever, and just talk faith, talk yeah. you know, how we're doing in our faith life, what's been the best and the worst part of your month kind of things. Mm-hmm. And that can even, you know, flourish into that relationship. Yeah. So great advice. So that was our last question for the Q&A. And I'm sure we will do episodes like this in the future too, as more, as we get more um, listeners and more people asking questions, we will definitely want to address some of those. And ideally one episode, I think would be fun to have um, a priest on and maybe ask some of the tougher questions that we get in our faith or even specific to the Catholic faith that we might not be equipped to answer, but someone we could have a guest on who, who would be. So We really appreciate you guys sending in these questions and hopefully you found some value in our response and answers. Again, we don't know everything, but this is just kind of from our experience of, of what maybe has helped us um, 
or some advice that we have had received in the past from others. So really hope that you got something out of this. And um, as always, we're going to go ahead and end this episode in prayer. So in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Lord, thank you so much for another wonderful day. Thank you for equipping Mary and I to leave this podcast and for all of the listeners who are listening today, I just pray that you be with them. Thank you for leading them to this platform. We pray that any questions that they have about their faith or about you, please be with them and help them find those answers. Show them the answers that you would like to reveal to them. I know that sometimes it's hard to live out our faith when we might be uncertain in certain areas. And so I just pray that you be with us and be with the listeners and make those questions clear, those answers clear to them. Please be with us as we continue to draw closer to you and deepen our faith. Please be with those listening who still might be struggling with their faith, maybe still not sure, um, not sure and has lots of questions about about the faith, about you, just be with them and help guide them to get those questions answered. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a friendly review. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Sacrifice of Praise Podcast and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast so you never miss an episode. Until next time, know that we are praying for you. Bye. Bye.